Welcome everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast, hosted by Mercy Hernandez and Priya Namard. Our goal is to uplift voices everywhere by empowering women and youth and by building a better global community. The I'm Speaking Podcast is inspired by the Edge Charitable Foundation. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the hosts and do not reflect that of the benefactors or sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast. I'm Priya. And I'm Mercy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Today's topic is greenwashing, otherwise known as the green sheen. And uh, this is a topic that's close to our hearts because... In 2007, we started an organization called the Edge Charitable Foundation uh, that's still going strong today. But when we started, we started on the, the premise to green preschools. We were really committed to doing environmental education. And this is not green. What we did was not greenwashing. We were trying to combat that. But we know a lot about this topic firsthand. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We even wrote a curriculum about it. We wrote a curriculum that... Um... It was the EDGE curriculum, and it was about environmental awareness at an early age, Mm -hmm. which is how the name EDGE originally came about, because the EDGE is actually an acronym to the Early Development of Global Education Charitable Foundation. So there you see why we had to make it the EDGE. really short. it was so (laughs) freaking long. Um, But yeah, so our, our... mission or vision at the time was specifically to teach environmental awareness to children starting at a young age. Many times the children were teaching the parents, which was mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Uh, but but not only did we start the organization, did we write the curriculum, but we actually implemented the curriculum mm-hmm. and worked alongside other organizations, which were very supportive and crucial to our growth back then, uh, such as the University of Miami, who teamed up with us with some of their um, health and wellness program. They have a wealth and health and wellness program at UM. And we did an Earth Month program with them, in addition to other things. I mean, they in addition to so yeah. many things. Yeah. And that curriculum, I know we're going to go into greenwashing, but <laughs> that curriculum, I'm just so proud of it. That curriculum actually ended up going to an orphanage in India, which grew tremendously um, during that period of time. But we actually impacted that orphanage while it was still in the growth process. It was very small and it was just starting to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they became sustainable with completely changing their backyard and their space in the back to where they were now growing fruits and vegetables and they were recycling and they were repurposing and they were doing all these incredible things, as well as the school that we shared the curriculum with in Puerto Rico in one of the rainforest areas. Not a school, like many schools in Puerto Rico. So in Puerto Rico, actually, right, they were Head Start programs. Uh So these were preschoolers. And we were able to implement this curriculum into the Head Start programs in Puerto Rico in collaboration later on with Payless Shoe Source, which gave us grants to help children in Puerto Rico. So it was all this massive collaboration of partners and sponsors and uh, schools and teachers that really wanted to do the right thing. And I 
think the biggest blessing of it all I, at a personal level was that our children, our six children combined, um, grew up to be very uh, socially aware, uh-huh. very economically aware. Um, it, it impacted them in so many ways that when they were older, they would actually come and ask us, why don't my friends recycle? I don't understand why they're still using plastic bags or what is wrong with them that they keep buying water, you know, water bottles. Yeah. yeah. So and they correct their friends all the time. Like, why are you littering? What are you doing? <laughs> to the point Absolutely. where their friends get annoyed. I, and I'm speaking specifically, I'm speaking specifically about Jaden and his friends. They're like, you know, what's yeah. wrong with you? And he's like, I grew up in Miami. <laughs> And it expands yeah. to such a to such a large level because it, it goes into the children actually caring about not only are you recycling and basic items like that, but so much bigger like ocean life. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the, the awareness for the straws and what it was doing to the sea turtles um, or the plastic. Uh, the little plastic wraps that keep the like six packs together and how that was being hazardous and then how all this pollution was like, going to the shores um, to, of different islands and different places and yeah. what would, there's, it's just so massive the impact that it made and it made our children so aware of all the different ways that our actions can impact in a negative level, the rest of, of all living, all living creatures. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so proud of that, Priya, that, that we did that because, you know, we'll be way gone and our kids will be still preaching, you know, what's right and, and why it's important to take care of your planet and, and animals and everything that's on your planet, the water, the air, everything. Exactly. So, Exactly. Super proud of that curriculum. Yep. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. But with that said, mm-hmm. what we taught was children to be just be aware of their surroundings or resources to make better choices. Mm-hmm. And it was considered being socially responsible, environmentally right. responsible. But nowadays, and when we started also, it was when the whole Al Gore thing was happening. I remember. An Inconvenient Truth had come out, the movie. Inconvenient Truth was happening. Um, uh, That that guy, DiCaprio, was big at the time with everything that he was doing. Like, it was a thing. Being green was a thing. And being environmentally friendly was a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nowadays, I think, like, Gen Zers, they're more apt to be like that because that's just how they've grown into, you know, the world and learning about things um, in their own way through the internet and millennials. But um, a lot of what companies do nowadays is they greenwash and they, and it's just, it's just horrible how, and this is not green marketing. I'm talking about greenwashing. And um, we have a lot of information to share with you today. So, so that, you know, greenwashing is a marketing spin with green PR and green marketing used to, used to deceptively persuade people that they are environmentally friendly. So it's basically a form of false advertising. And yes, false advertising can be considered illegal and companies have been sued for their false advertising, for their false green advertising, like Walmart. There was a big case way back when 
but this is just rampant and it's everywhere. Greenwashing affects everything, all our products. And, you know, you think about even Earth Month in April in the United States, Mm -hmm. everything is green or eco-friendly, you know. And we started off with the word eco-friendly when we did our our curriculum, environmental awareness, eco-awareness. We played with all those words to teach the kids. But now eco-friendly is also a word that's used as a greenwashing word. You know, like what does eco-friendly mean? It's so vague. Um, And then you, you I think, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that it's sad, but it, it certainly seems to be that now that they see that the people are aware of it, they're using it for marketing purposes, which is everything you're saying. And it's just mm-hmm. so sad. And, and goodness, did we do research back in the day? Like we were breathing everything we were saying. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Keep going. I no, no, no. <laughs> we, we totally were. We were, we were, yeah. we were at the pores. We were breathing it at the yes. pores. Everything yes. so friendly, environmentally friendly. Like we, we were, even, we, we remember were, you were driving a Prius. Yes, I drove a yeah. Prius, but we were everything that we did. We were living, living and breathing what we yeah. what we preached. Yeah. So we were about it, you know, and we still are. Um, but now the edge is like shifted, and it's more humanitarian with an with an environmental twist. But we are still living those lifestyles as Absolutely. as individual citizens living here on this planet. As corny as that sounds, but yes, and it's in in our children's DNA now. Exactly, the fabric exactly. of what we've raised them to be. And that was the purpose of the edge in the beginning, because you want to catch children when they're really young and their brains are like sponges. And that's from that's the preschool age up until eight years old, that they just absorb everything. So when and, you- and I I know you're going to be sharing some actual facts with yes. us, but. I want to share a fun fact before a real good fact. Okay, go ahead. So when we had the preschool, um, we had four bins where our toddlers, I mean, these are, you know, children ages two to five, had um, after every day, either after an activity or after lunch or after snack, they had to dispose of whatever they had used in the proper container. And they had it down packed mm-hmm. so they had a container that was back of course we've evolved this was 14 or 15 years ago but they had one that was for paper one that was for glass one that was for plastic and then one that was compost um, compost, compost. Mm-hmm. and then we had a compost area outside we had a garden outside we had the plastic um, items many times we would reuse and repurpose. We had rain barrels. We had rain barrels. Rain barrels. We even had a massive playground equipment that we recycled from a hospital that was renovating their backyard area. And we took it because we wanted to repurpose it. Mm -hmm. And we ended up putting um, a grass in the backyard that was made from fishing lines. They were dug from the bottom of the ocean. So they repurposed, they remember, I think it was called green grass. Mm-hmm. Um, and they repurposed the fishing lines from the bottom of the ocean and would make this like turf where, where it was eco-friendly and it was a perfect scenario for a child to play in. So, I mean, I could go on for days, so I yeah. won't. But, you know, <laughs> no, but was, we should, but we should, awesome. because it's pretty awesome. I'm sure some of the folks listening um, to our podcast, you know, if they have kids or they want kids in the future, they're going to mm-hmm. be looking for these things. They want, they want to send their kids to a place that 
that is um, uh, that is environmentally aware and teaching their children all these values. Because this is this is like uh, you're teaching them character building when you're doing this, even though you're teaching them the science and the importance of these things, you're teaching them character building because it's integrity and being responsible and being respectful mm -hmm. of their surroundings. And even the, sure. the environment, even the environment inside the preschool was painted with VOC free, free paint. Like we, we were down that. to the T, the, the, the yeah. cleaning products that we use were eco-friendly. Like we upcycled yeah. so many things in that preschool. Yeah. And, and um, the children knew to turn off the water, to turn off lights. Um, every classroom had a theme. So we had like the busy bees and the bumblebees and the, the it was the bumblebees, the honeybees, the busy bees. Then the teachers were the beekeepers. The school was the hive. Um, we had that um, pole in the center of the school, remember? We had like the plaza area where yeah. we would do all the different activities, but we also had like that peace pole that we had like the word peace and a oh, message yeah. uh -huh. with every language. Um, it was it was so awesome. And, and we received the flag back then, I remember. Um, right, right when we started, we received the flag from um, Ileana Ross Layton from mm -hmm. Washington. Yeah, congratulating us on being one of the first preschools in the nation that was incorporating um, this curriculum and, and this these values into a preschool setting, including the fact that we were incorporating everything we were doing into social studies and science and to math and to art. I mean, it was really incorporated into everything the actual curriculum it was mm. it was really beautiful to think back and know that, that we actually did all that and and that so many children took it with them and, and we follow them now we see them because they're all adults <laughs> and millennials and years yep. and we see them on instagram and they're out there doing oh, something for the planet we did so much we did so much and we made such a big impact and we continue to make a big impact in different ways uh and it's I, i'm kind of sad like thinking about everything we did and then Obviously, we didn't take over the world. We impacted a lot of children around the world. But thinking about what's going on now with what these companies are doing, it's ridiculous. It's like yeah. ridiculous AF. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, no. Yeah, and, sad, yeah. So think, okay, one huge example are oil companies. They claim to be green. There was a huge case against Chevron years ago that was claiming to be green. Uh, you think about Exxon supporting a lot of green programs and claiming they're eco-friendly and sustainable. That's another crunch word that's used now that's yeah. falsely used to greenwash. Yes. And there's a truck right now outside. Okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> All of this thing. It's a city okay. life. <laughs> that's life. Absolutely. We're both in um, different extreme cities. And I'm totally going to talk over it. So, um, yeah, so oil companies greenwash like crazy because they don't want to seem like the monsters that they are. And I had a, I have a cousin who lives in Texas and he worked on an oil rig for quite some time. Um, he had to bring in money for, for his family. And he told me that one of the reasons why he quit because he couldn't handle it anymore because they were constantly dumping oil into the water. So there was like 60 gallons of oil per minute that was excess going into the water while while these oil rigs are operating and that just happens on a daily basis and that is freaking ridiculous as fuck yeah, <laughs> ridiculous as a, a, yeah. 
AF. Yeah, I, get you. I get you. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So it's, it's companies sad and it's aggravating. It's very, very aggravating because there's only so much power we have. We have the power of our voice right. and our actions that we do on a day-to-day basis. But these massive companies that have so much power and money uh, and pull in the world, they pretend to be one way, but they are not. They are completely not. Um, and they claim to be co- uh, socially responsible, going back to that word again. Like it's right. all over their stuff, you know. So uh, we did some research and... Uh, there's some terms and some ways that you could figure out if uh, brands are using marketing tactic- tactics to avoid actually being green. So these are terms that that they that kind of like describe their actions for greenwashing that you can you can watch out for. Right. So the first one is fluffy language, which are words or terms with no clear meaning. For example, eco-friendly, <laughs> what we were saying before. Mm-hmm. We use that word like crazy. Remember in the beginning? Like that was the word. Yeah. To that say that word. you were you were aware, environmentally aware, that you were green, you were eco-friendly. But now that mm-hmm. word is used as a fluff word, as a crunch word to say that you're green. But it's very vague. What does it really mean to be eco-friendly? Are you just maybe just recycling some bottles? Are you... Uh, does your factory have like green paint? Is that all you're doing? Like, right. what is it really? Wow, mean? I thought the same thing. Did you just <laughs> paint with uh, VOC free paint and now you're eco friendly, but everything else you're doing isn't? Exactly. Yeah, and shame exactly. on them. Shame, shame on, them. on them. But there's more shame on them coming. Hold on. <laughs> shame them, Priya. <laughs> I'm shaming you. Yeah. Uh, green products versus a dirty company. For example, efficient light bulbs made in factories would that pollute rivers um and we talked about this with fast fashion it's the same thing you know uh green products versus a dirty company so you you have green products quote unquote Mm -hmm. green products but your processes are not eco-friendly you're a dirty company basically um suggestive pictures images that give an unjustified green impression um for example flowers blooming um from exhaust pipes or like a, a, a cleaning product with flowers all over it. I'm going to make you think that, you know, it's sweet and pretty and, oh, I can use this, you know, because my house is going to smell nice. Okay, but it can't be that bad because that's flowers on it. Right. Um, and I'm sure you, right off that, you could think of a lot of products like that. Oh, right off the bat. Yep. Irrelevant claims. Emphasis on tiny green attributes when everything else is anti-green. So going back to the whole factory concept again like tiny green attributes to to say that you're eco-friendly but really they don't make a huge difference um i i have an example i'm totally gonna shame this um this superstar jason momoa i love him okay freaking hot as af okay what did he do tell me he started a water company uh, like fresh clean water but he's selling it in aluminum cans. And he even says his, he's eco-friendly because he doesn't want to sell in plastic bottles because plastic bottles are problems. So he's, he's selling the water in aluminum cans, but he said the whole, whole green par- portion of it won't really work unless people really recycle the cans. So you're getting away from one 
really nasty well, issue. Wouldn't which you is, be able to use like the water companies that sell it in cartons? Well, recyclable or there's even plastic that's recyclable. Yeah, yeah, and so that single-use plastic. So yeah, and cans. Aluminum can be recyclable too, but you think about the factories that make the aluminum to make the cans. And then aluminum is just as a big of a problem as plastic is. It's just pl plastic is just everywhere. Single use everywhere, you know? Right. Um, so uh, using a small attribute to say that you're green, but you're, are you really green, Jason right. Momoa? <laughs> just a little. And, and so you even see the water in the, in the boxes. Some of those boxes are not made with eco-friendly products. Maybe you can recycle the box. Maybe they're quote unquote biodegradable. Now a word used to be greenwashed. That's another one. Yep. Another one. Yeah. Another what, per what percentage of it is it, right? That's biodegradable. Exactly. Maybe not the whole container, but maybe 10%. So now they're allowed to put it. Exactly. So I know you're giving us the facts, but mm -hmm. here's, here's the thing. You know, when you have your ingredients that it starts with what there's the most of. Mm -hmm. right? So you have like the, the sugars and I did that yet last night. I had, I, so <laughs> side topic, <laughs> I love chocolate almond milk because uh -huh. it gives me that chocolate satisfaction with very little calories and it's a healthier alternative to having like regular milk and all these different things. So last night we had none. So I thought, okay, well, let me see what I can figure out because I was hungry and I just wanted to have chocolate milk. <clears throat> so I had oat milk and I put a little bit of chocolate that I bought on my last trip to Puerto Rico. So I stirred it and you know, when it's cold, it really doesn't dissolve fully. <laughs> it was heavenly, like it was delicious. <laughs> and it was like that much only. But when I uh, finished it, that much was still sugar on the bottom. I'm like, what the heck? That I thought it was just chocolate. Yeah. So of course <clears throat> I look at the label of the chocolate package and it said sugar and then cacao. So number one was sugar. Uh, so <clears throat> that takes me into saying, so that was totally on me. I should have read that, right? But it was delicious. Won't do it again, but had it. But wouldn't it be great if they had to say, if you're going to use eco-friendly or environmentally responsible or sustainable or any of these keywords that you're using for marketing, that with it, you had to disclose how or what percentage so <clears throat> what makes you right what makes you sustainable what makes you green what makes you eco-friendly what prove it show it or say it if you're saying that you're eco-friendly then at least say 75 percent of this box is um biodegradable uh -huh. right because it's okay if you use it if you're if you give full disclosure on why you're saying what you're saying so that's really going to weed out the people that only have like a 10 percent or 15 percent because they're going to be fools to disclose something like that when you're really not being responsible but if it's a 75 or an 80 percent then claim it and use it and let us as consumers decide if we want to use it or not mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody that's a hundred percent so i just want to throw that in there like some kind of accountability to the consumer, if you're yeah. using those words. I couldn't agree yeah. more. It's like using those medications, you, like AstraZeneca, right. and then it runs <laughs> off all the things that yeah. you could die from. <laughs> from taking yeah, it. so if we're gonna talk about corrupt organizations overall, right? And we're talking about the oil companies, mm -hmm. you add the medical industry, there are the pharmaceutical industry in there, and then the 
the guns and then the um the tobacco industry and like we could go on everything it's like everything is screwed up and we are if we're if we're plugged into the quote-unquote matrix to get woo-woo a little bit if we're plugged into it what choice do we have like there's unless we have a full functioning farm in our backyard but what happens if you live, live in the city you know what i mean like yeah. and you're and you're creating your own clothes and yeah. containers and you're hunting your own food like unless you're doing those things you can't really escape these huge issues yeah. and, and you want to you want to be as a human being socially responsible mm -hmm. you can only be as socially responsible as the things you're consuming and you're trusting that the that the companies out there are truly being truthful which they're not unfortunately they're not exactly why we're talking about this today. Mm -hmm. so anyway i totally took you off track go on no no you're still on topic you're still on topic <laughs> okay okay uh best in class boasts so declaration that you are slightly greener than the rest even if the rest are pretty terrible so we could use the oil companies again so exxon is supporting green companies and you're saying best in class for a green oil company meanwhile you're still a bunch of beasts like you're still the monsters in the forest you know what i mean like right. you're the best monster in the forest because you support green organizations right. um another one is designations that are just not credible for instance the the quote unquote greening of a dangerous product to make it safe so eco-friendly cigarettes <laughs> is a good example and it kill you in a, in a better way mm -hmm. or kill you in a healthier way exactly eco-friendly chlorine eco-friendly um eco-friendly um uh alcohol like you know there's all these different ways to zhuzh up all right know, wait a second bad stuff you just went to the alcohol <laughs> leave that alone leave it alone Unless you put jalapenos in it and y'all have to listen to the fast, the because you can have some good tequila, 100% agave, uh -huh. and that's super green. We could, we could do that <laughs> sustainably farmed, in other words, sustainable. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so another one this is funny, it's called gobbledygook. Gobbledygook, okay, what is that? <laughs> it's jargon and information that only a scientist could check or understand. So this is every single product you see in the supermarket that has all these big scientific ingredients. Um, if a company is promoting how they do something green and they're using all these big scientific words, you're- words any, you don't understand. If you're not a scientist, you're not gonna understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's like hard to understand what they're saying. And then you have to do your own research, obviously, and look up those words, which nobody's gonna do, you know, cause it's so time consuming. and Everybody has stuff going on in their lives. So it's called gobbledygook. So this goes in line with um, different companies that are truly clean, like let's say an ice cream company, right? So there's companies out there that if you look at the ingredient, it has like a million different ingredients of which you only understood maybe the first two, that it has sugar and cream or sugar mm -hmm. and milk, but you don't understand any of the other 30 ingredients. And then you have the commercial on this one particular ice cream brand that is telling you, look at our ingredients right? And it's cream, sugar, water, cinnamon, mm -hmm. or, or whatever the flavor is. And that's exactly what you're getting. And so you're not using the term that you're referring to, which is all these things you cannot pronounce. So if you cannot pronounce it, or you don't know what it is, 
you shouldn't be consuming it. And then that goes along with everything else, not only with the food. Okay, so the next one is imaginary friends, a label that looks like a third party endorsement, except it's made up. So wow. yeah, so if you're saying that you're um, that you hang, or if like people who represent organizations, so for example, way back when if a politician wanted to say they're eco friendly, they could say that they, you know, they could see pictures with us hanging out with them or <laughs> you know what I mean, or companies sponsoring our sure. company you know, uh, uh, sponsoring the edge, giving us $50 maybe for something. Um, and then just going and saying they're eco-friendly because they donated 50 bucks. You know what I mean? Like it looks like a third party endorsement, but it's not, uh, no proof, a claim that could be right, but has no evidence. So a company blatantly saying that they're eco-friendly or sustainable, but it's not, um, and then outright lies, totally fabricating claims or data. So, I mean, obviously, some of these things you really, really have to be introspective about. You have to do your research. You have to really examine what's happening in the advertisements and what they're saying. Um, but if you really want to be eco-conscious. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> right. Or responsible. Or responsible, um, you have to do these things. Absolutely. Um, now... The difference between green marketing and greenwashing, because we mentioned green marketing before, there is a fine line between green marketing and greenwashing. Unlike greenwashing, green marketing is when companies sell products or services based on legitimate environmental positives. Green marketing is generally, generally practical, honest, and transparent, and it means that a product or service meets these criteria, which I'm going to list off. So manufactured in a sustainable fashion. Um, we can go back to fast fashion, you know, uh, uh, clothes that are manufactured without having runoff and using, <clears throat> using, uh, not using chemicals, <laughs> for example, you know, they're manufactured in a sustainable fashion. Uh, number two, free of toxic materials or ozone depleting substances. Companies so on their, yeah, companies on their labels, just being like these three things are, are, are in our products and this is all we do um, or just showing the data. Maybe they've done case studies on the work that they've done as an eco-friendly company. Some companies do that and they have it available on their website for you to examine yourself. Able to be recycled and are produced from recycled materials. So you think about um, some playgrounds using that as an example that are made from old tires, right. you know, way back when. Right. Um, or sustainably farmed wood. Uh, number or four. Even the grass, the, that grass that we were talking about. Yeah. It was recycled from the bottom of the ocean from irresponsible fishermen mm -hmm. or tourists or whatever the case was. But the bottom line is they were in the bottom of the ocean and somebody did something with it. Exactly. Made from renewable, renewable materials like bamboo. And I know that's, we see that everywhere now. Bamboo is in everything that wants to be green. So I'm a little torn about that because um, you could say something is bamboo, but that has bamboo been treated with chemicals? Like, right. are they just saying they're they look like bamboo? Like, right. like what's going on there? And are they farmed with all kinds of chemicals for growth and for marketing? you know, for reproduction yeah. purposes. I mean, they, they level a forest to grow the bamboo, you know, um, does not use excessive packaging. This one I like because I feel like, I mean, even with us, we have three grown teenagers. 
uh, we buy we buy a lot of food every week. <laughs> so we have two boys. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of packaging happening, you know, and we try to buy as little package package products as possible. We buy a lot of produce. Um, right. Uh, so that's that can get a little tricky, you know, but I think that's probably an easy thing to do. You know, you can purchase things that don't have a lot of packaging that have, um, uh, I guess, green packaging, <laughs> marketed green, and they are green. Um, I could tell you going back to the market and talking yeah. about having kids and girls, everybody, um, you know, with food. In my home, at least, my three girls and I have always bags inside the, the cloth bags or the ones that fold. And we always have them inside of our own purses. Yep. So anytime we go anywhere, if first of all, if you can carry it, just carry it. You don't need a bag, first of all. Mm -hmm. If you need a bag because you have several items, many times it'll fit in your purse. If it doesn't fit in your purse, have a bag with you or have like two little bags. They weigh nothing. They're about that small. Um, you find the cutest ones that you can get that are, that are good quality and that are responsible. And keep them. I um, I recall going a long time ago to a clothing store uh, and their bags were made of fabric. And I was in love with that. Like how beautiful. They had nothing plastic. And it was made with remnants of, of cloth that they used for their own clothing in the store. So they were really repurposing everything. That's so And mm -hmm. it was awesome. And those bags are super sturdy and they have a long um, handle so those are the ones I have folded like I, I fold it into all these little things and then I roll it up and I put like a, a ponytail rubber band <laughs> and my girls have the same thing and you know it's a it's a beautiful thing when you really you know mm -hmm. do it on daily basis you make it part of your habits um, to, to be aware well here in New York City it's law you can yeah. plastic bags are banned I remember and, California was like that years ago. They would yeah. charge you if you needed a bag. Yep. It's like five cents here. Maybe for the fancy reusable bags, it's like a dollar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have a ton, <laughs> a ton of reusable bags. It's a problem now because I, I have to clean out. I'm in a small space. I don't know where to put some of them. Where do I put so them? So I like I'll push them in the corner. You know, somewhere in the car. So I'll tell you one thing that I learned from those bags because I have so many of them. When I forget my bags because I was cleaning out my my trunk and I left them in the garage, and I get to the store to the grocery store, I end up buying more. Yeah. So a lot of times they're full of bacteria. Oh I, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. It was actually I had a conversation with Billy. He told me, "I know you think you're doing the right thing, but I just want you to know." Some of those bags are pretty gross. He mm. goes, and I just read this entire article about how you're bringing all these, all this bacteria and all this junk into the house yeah. because you have them sitting in your car. Then you have like whatever, if there was something that came out of the meat or somebody had touched these containers that your milk carton that was cold or whatever, whatever. And then you bring all that garbage and you put it on your kitchen counter and then you put it into your refrigerator. So he says, I know you're trying to do the right thing, but it's actually hygienic to use those grocery bags. So you're better off getting the paper bags and then recycling the paper bags mm. and allowing it because they keep making more paper bags out of the paper bags. Yeah. As opposed to 
having all the bacteria in these. And he, he tells me, which was a great point, I thought. He goes, how do you know that the people that made those bags were actually responsible in what they were doing? Because maybe you're supporting them and this is just another business they have where now they're selling these bags. You don't question that company that made the bags or um, you know where they made them, how they made them, what they used, what the conditions for the employees were in the fabric or whatever the case was. You're just using them and giving the store now extra money and they're saving because they're not even paying for the bags that they have. You're paying you know, for a bag that might cost a penny to make quite literally, you're paying 99 cents. So their profit margin is huge. That's why you go into any TJ Maxx, into any Marshalls, into any uh, home goods or Publix or any grocery store. And they're just pushing all those bags on you. It's the moneymaker. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, think about every little action uh, that you take and consider paper bags. And if you're going to have bags, maybe consider cloth bags that you buy elsewhere from a, a proper source and you can actually wash them every once in a while maybe every other time you go grocery shopping you throw them off you you know they're smaller to carry um even the mesh bags are excellent you can get them you know in bigger quantities and use For them yep. and yeah and stop using all these 99 cent bags that then you're stuck with like uh, this huge pile of those bags and they're full of germs and bacteria and I can't, I can't, and you, if you go to a supermarket here in New York City, and if you, you know how some cash registers are, they help you bag, but if you right. bring your own bags, they won't touch your bags. Yes. Because yep. of that reason. I experienced that here too. Mm -hmm. Sure. They're full of, of garbage, but I had never given a thought to, I'm like, oh no, this is mm -hmm. just the right thing to do. So, you know, you live and you learn. Yep. Um, Billy, so. Billy's absolutely right. And that's exactly what we're talking about right here. Yes. Um, and again, it's we're in the belly of the beast, like how yes. you have to try to make as many choices as possible to stay right. away from these things. And it's so hard to do with everything that's around us. But I mean, every, every choice you make is important, basically. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last thing I have here between the differences between green marketing and greenwashing is designated to be repairable rather, rather than disposable. So mm -hmm. disposable, biodegradable is now a crunch word. Right. Um, so is it repairable? So a great example of this is appliances. Appliances are not made to last anymore. They're made to break down and you toss them out mm -hmm. and you buy a new one. Same as the clothing. Same as the clothing, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So with clothing, you know, if something rips, do you stitch it or do you toss it? I, I usually weigh my husband sews. He learned from his dad. His dad was, um, um, seamstress. Uh, he wasn't a seamstress. That's, that's a woman. Uh, what's the word? Oh, tailor. His dad was a tailor Okay. Uh, when he was little in Jamaica and that's how he learned to sew. So mm -hmm. he'll sew up stuff that, that breaks. And now I'm the habit when something rips, I have a green jacket I've had for years. It's like one of my favorite things. And I keep on sewing because it keeps on ripping. Uh, I don't want to toss yeah. it. Yeah. You know, so here too, we have all the, the abuelitas, all the Hispanic grandmas. Right. Any, yeah. Everything that's broken, we just save it for abuela and abuela fixes it up for us, including um, like baby blankets that, that the girls had from when they were little and they don't want to get rid of them and they want to save them, but they're like in shreds and then uh -huh. they'll sit there and sew them or even, um, <clears throat> excuse me, or even toys, uh, dog toys. Mm. So 
you know, we've talked about how my girls all have uh, their own puppies and they'll shred a toy. So instead of getting that toy that's been, that they turn to shred, mm-hmm. instead of throwing it out, they'll stuff it with something else, something that they have in the house, a t-shirt that they're not using or clothing. You stuff it and you sew it and you repurpose it. Yep. So that's going to what you're talking about. Absolutely. Repurpose everything you can and everything you have. Um, I can tell you that our girls are now also selling things they no longer want. So mm. they bought a great pair of sneakers. They paid X amount of dollars for the sneakers. They were awesome. They were in style. They loved them. They used them a couple of times, but it kept giving them like uh, splinters, splinters, um, blisters, mm-hmm. or it was too tight in the front or whatever, or they don't want to wear them anymore. They find that they're not using them. Sell it sell it you can go there are so many different platforms out there to sell it because somebody's trash is somebody's treasure yep and vice versa sell it or give it away for free you go to a lot of websites not websites but different apps now and it'll tell you sneakers shirts a bag of clothing free all you have to do is come and pick it up let somebody else use it if you throw it in the garbage and you don't really properly recycle it to give it to others that can use it, it's going to go to a dump somewhere and mm-hmm. it's going to just damage the planet in some other way, shape or form. Yeah. So try to really be responsible. There's so many different agencies that we with the edge work with that have victims, victims of domestic violence, victims of human trafficking, victims that are homeless, just different types of uh, people that are in need. Find a local shelter. Mm-hmm. And then be responsible when you get rid of all of the clothing that you have or shoes or pots and pants, whatever it is that you have that you no longer want, make it clean and decent, put it in, you know, your recyclable containers and donate it to the right agencies or to the right, you know, to churches, because people, when they're in need, tend to go to local churches looking for supplies. So, you know, do the right thing. Appliances are the same thing. Mm-hmm. You bought a smart TV because now you don't have use for your other TV. Don't put it outside on the curb or throw it in the garbage can. Find, you know, a homeless shelter that could really use the TV. Um, there's a homeless shelter in South Florida, in the Homestead area, actually. They have a store. So I didn't know this existed. I wanted to share this with you. They have a store within their shelter. So their mission and their vision is that when a homeless person comes in, they help them get cleaned up. They have on-site dentists, on-site doctors, um, clean clothing, and they help them try to get a job, get the children to school and just get them back on their feet. That's their goal. Mm-hmm. So when they have a family that comes in and they have a lot of families, sadly, um, when they have families that come in, they help them find housing. But when they get that house, they have nothing. So they have created these like pods that are stores where the homeless family now has a home. They come into these areas to pick anything they want to furnish their home, to get clothing for their homes and pots and pants and toasters and teas and all these things that are free to these homeless people, mm-hmm. right? That are, not, that are no longer homeless, which is a beautiful thing, but they have a place where they can go and pick everything they need so that they can have a normal day and, you know, and have food and do the different things that they need. So that's a perfect place for you to go and donate everything you have because your TV works, but you have a smart TV now. So you don't want that TV. 
Yeah. Give it to somebody that's getting on their feet because they'll enjoy having that. Um, you know, the same thing with tablets or, or computer games yep. and all those different things. Don't trash them. Give them to people that can use them. You know, look, you know, contact your local church, contact your local shelters, contact uh, victims agencies. There are just so many ways that you can be environmentally responsible by being philanthropic, by being kind, by showing generosity and by just caring. So you're doing so much more than just the right thing for the planet. You're doing the right thing for humankind. Um, and I truly encourage it. I've seen the, the receiving end of that and it's really beautiful what they can do with the things that you no longer want. Absolutely. So on that note, <laughs> I hope you've learned something today. You've enjoyed our conversation. Um, we know it's tough out there making choices when there's so much crap around us, uh, but we encourage you to make uh, more green oriented. I don't even know what word to use because all the French words are like taken now by all these greenwashing machine conscience yeah be green green conscious and what you do and uh, as many things that you can do and upcycle as much as you can like mercy was just talking about so thank you again for listening today and make sure you like share follow subscribe and what else mercy and please do follow our nonprofit organization that we've been talking about today it is the edge charitable foundation and that is our website theedgehelps.com also follow us please on social media at The Edge Helps and follow our Queen Bees, which are actually the girls making a difference out there every single day. And it's The Edge Queen Bees on all our social media platforms. Thank you so, so, thank you so much for listening today. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast with Mercy and Priya. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye. Bye.